Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, all you that love her. Rejoice with joy, you that have been in sorrow, that you may exalt and be filled from the breasts of your consolation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Those words we hear from the 66th chapter of the prophet Isaiah. And the rest of the intuit comes from Psalm 121. We hear again from Psalm 121 in the gradual and again at the communion. The verb letare is from the prophet Isaiah. So I encourage you to um, take your cue. Don't just listen to a word or a phrase or a sentence, but spend some time on your own with Isaiah 66. Today, we'll spend a little bit of time with Psalm 121. I rejoiced at the things that were said to me. We shall go into the house of the Lord. Our feet were standing in thy courts, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, which is built as a city, which is compact together. For thither do the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, the testimony of Israel to praise the name of the Lord. Because their seats have sat in judgment, seats upon the house of David. Pray ye for the things that are the peace, that are for the peace of Jerusalem, and abundance for them that love thee. Let peace be in thy strength, and abundance in thy towers. For the sake of my brethren and of my neighbors, I spoke peace of thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I have sought good things for thee. We shall go into the house of the Lord. A psalm of ascent has as its geography the roads that come up from the Judean desert. Not a desert with sand, but a desert with dry hills. And even though you'll view Jerusalem at your feet when you're on the Mount of Olives, In order to get to the Mount of Olives, you have to walk up great hills, desert hills, difficult hills, the kind of hills that are the perfect setting for the story of the Good Samaritan, where a robber may be around the corner and there's no help for miles. It's a difficult road. But just to know that we have begun the road that goes up to Jerusalem is cause for rejoicing. Our Lord is benevolent. And the sacred liturgy reflects his mercy. And so we aren't told to rejoice at the very beginning of our fasting, at the beginning of our penance. It's a rare soul that at the very beginning of a long and difficult journey, do the sentiments of Psalm 121 lift up the heart. But maybe at the last hill, 
maybe at the penultimate hill. We know that we're almost there. At the end of a, of a long journey, when you get to the beginning of your driveway, you can't feel your bed, you can't see the inside of your house, but you feel like you're already home. And depending on how long the journey is, that feeling of I'm at the beginning of the driveway is maybe quite some distance from your destination. When I'm driving up to Maine, it's when I get to the Piscataqua Bridge, crossing from New Hampshire north into the down east, and I still have two more hours to drive. Or when I'm on the way home, it's when I get to the Cabin John Bridge, or you young people know it as the American Legion Bridge. Finally, when I'm back in the Commonwealth of Virginia, I feel like I'm home. I don't feel like I'm driving anymore. I feel like I'm just, it's just a matter of pulling into the driveway. Still have to stay awake. Still have to be alert. There's still work to do. And so think about how St. Paul and the letter to the Galatians and even what our Lord accomplishes reveals that this rejoicing isn't for everybody. It's for those who are making the journey. Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travaileth not. For many are the children of the desolate, more than of her that hath a husband. Nor we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. St. Paul is writing, and it's only the second time in all of his writings that he uses the word Arabia. The other time he uses the word Arabia is when he's described making his journey two years after his conversion, before his real public ministry begins. Revisiting all the scenes of the history of salvation, reflecting on the difference between the old and the new, the old covenant and the new covenant, between the law that brings death and the law that brings life the law of sin, and the law of grace. And here again in mentioning Arabia, St. Paul is drawing a distinction between the, the children of the miraculous birth. Isaac and his descendants versus the children of the ordinary birth. Ishmael and his descendants. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not the children of the bondwoman, but of the free. 
But the same distinction which is already at work in the Old Testament where descendants of Abraham are broken off. Similarly, the church, the the body of Christ, the people of God are distinct from those who are following a law that doesn't bring life. By the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free, St. Paul emphasizes to the Galatians. Comparing the children of the slave woman to the children of the wife are those who remain in the old law versus those who have been washed clean by the blood of Christ. We can rejoice. Because Christ has established the way that leads to heaven. There is no other way to heaven. It's a long road and it's a difficult road, but we know that it goes to heaven. The line that jumps out of John chapter 6. Having asked Philip a question, which is not really a question, St. John clarifies, he said this to try him, to try Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. Our Lord knew he was already testing his listeners, stretching them, making them suffer by going to such great lengths and such distances to be with him, to listen to him, to hear his teaching for so long. Ironically, he's been feeding their soul. He's been teaching them. He's been giving them the gospel. And then he'll give them relief. He'll give them physical relief. But this road that we walk, this is the suffering of the body and the purification of the soul. But eventually, it leads to heaven. But don't think that it's perfectly ironic, as though our Lord is feeding the soul and then in the end feeds the body, whereas now he's testing the body and then rewarding the soul, because even in the resurrection of the dead, the body receives It's a perfect reward. So the command to rejoice is not not for everyone. It's not rejoice because our Lord has died and has redeemed everyone. Everyone has been redeemed by the blood of Christ. You who are walking to Jerusalem, you who are making the journey, you have cause for rejoicing. You who know you're on the road to heaven, you have cause for rejoicing. The people who think they might get to heaven or who wish there were a heaven can't be told to rejoice. Maybe hope. But you who know the gospel, who have been received in baptism into the body of Christ and who are nourished by his body and blood, who live this life 
of tears and woe, you, you have cause for rejoicing because you know where this road leads and you are walking on this road. In fact, how can we not rejoice? We know our suffering will continue. We know it's many, many difficult steps. But obviously we're resolved. I will not stop walking. I will not lay down and quit. That's not where my peace comes from. Peace isn't mine because I decide to avoid the conflict. Peace can be mine because I continue. Because I know that I will continue to strive and continue to be willing to suffer. And there may be times when people need to help me walk, where people need to help me carry my cross, but I will not stop walking until I get to Jerusalem, until I get to heaven. Can we think of our Lord as we walk the stations of the cross? Our Lord knew what he was doing. As as much as he knew what he was doing when he was about to feed the thousands, he knew where he was going. He knew what suffering was involved. It's for this hour that he came. He will not stop walking. He will not permit the blood shed already and the scourging to be that which will be poured out for our salvation. He will make it to the cross. He will walk to the very end. He will need help. But he knows where he's going. And he knows where he's leading us. And already, even before it's over, Even while there's still hours to to suffer, he even shares the good news with the good thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. We still need to suffer. This is going to be awful for, for a little bit longer. But we can already think about being in paradise. We're not there, but we can already begin to experience it as though we were. And so I rejoiced at the things that were said to me. We shall go into the house of the Lord. Our feet were standing in thy courts, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, which is built as a city, which is compact together. For thither do the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, the testimony of Israel, to praise the name of the Lord. Because their seats of sad and judgment, seats upon the house of David. Pray ye for the things that are for the peace of Jerusalem, and abundance for them that love thee. Let peace be thy strength, and abundance in thy towers. For the sake of my brethren, and of my neighbors, I spoke of peace of thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I have sought good things for thee.
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.